I saw a new Super NES thing that said that that when you die in in the Super NES Mario, that if you, um, I'd have to look it up here, here, but if you held a certain combinations of buttons, you got to start over at the level you were on. And, you know, there were tons of people in the comments just going, well, that's a couple years of my life I could have saved. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> breathe that time <clears throat> just a little bit I, I think i might have did through my nose um so yeah because <laughs> last time you almost passed out when we were doing the, yeah. you know that noise reduction yeah, phase that's hard man. <laughs> you get a little dizzy there and you're not sure you know if everything's still the same but yeah yeah i feel good i'm here awesome awesome yeah welcome gamers non-game <laughs> <laughs> did it again you did it again. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we should point out that this is actually the second time we're recording this episode today because we had a technical meltdown earlier yeah. on Chuck Tomahawk's end. Totally accidental. Yeah. Shit happens. Yeah, my, my hard drive was full and I'm I'm gonna like like it was because of a game and I'm gonna give our listeners and you one guess what game that might have been. <laughs> I'm starting to not like it anymore. <laughs> Fucking arc, man. Dude, it was 410 oh, God, gigabytes. That it- what? <laughs> Did you download every single possible thing that can come with that game? It, I don't want to give away our topic today, but yes. I think it was just a game save. <laughs> it's kind of just a lot. I had a lot going on, man. I, I uh, there's no way in hell you had a game save that was that large <laughs> or even relatively close to being that large, man. Dude. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are talking about game saves. Yeah. Yes, this is going to be a really fun episode. Welcome gamers, non-gamers, PVEers, PVPers, and even NPCs. We do not discriminate. I am Ovox. And I'm Chuck Tomahawk, the art daddy. And this is your arc daddy. And this is the New Wave Gaming Podcast. <laughs> yeah. Chuck Tomahawk is particularly filled with piss and vinegar today yeah. because his team just won a very important game, Tennessee yeah. versus Alabama. Yeah. yeah. And do you have anything to say about that, Super real quick? Stoked. Like first time in fifteen years, the curse is broken. Uh, we're back, and yeah, it's a. The curse is broken, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's a happy day. But not on save, um, not on game saves. The curse is not broken on game saves. There's a lot to be said about that. Um, gosh, it, we're really stoked to be back for our 13th installment of New Wave Gaming. We're really laying some. Uh, we're really laying out some some gaming history here. I think yeah. 13 episodes, man. This has been great, and we're really stoked that you're all here back for another episode. If this is your first time. To New Wave Gaming, thank you for checking us out. If you'd love to, or if, if you'd like to give it, show us some love, we would really appreciate a uh, five star rating or review there, or or maybe uh, send us an email if you want to reach out to us directly. Ovoxandchuck at gmail.com. That's O V O X A N D C H U K at gmail.com. I think on Facebook we are facebook.com forward slash New Wave Gaming Podcast. Um, we've also got a TikTok, but I don't think there's much. I don't think you can do much on the TikTok. TikTok, uh, except look at some clips that we're uploading. We're definitely getting them up there slowly but surely. On TikTok, we are at NWG 
underscore podcast, all lowercase. Right. Yeah. Did I get that right, Chuck? That's right. And uh, yeah, we haven't we haven't linked to OnlyFans yet, but uh, we're we're getting there. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's that's why we're really looking for uh, your support and appreciation and love out there, fellow listeners, uh, fellow gamers. Uh, we we're trying to keep Chuck off of OnlyFans. He's trying to create a foot channel, and we don't want him to. We want to get him, we want to keep him away from that. Yeah, yeah. Say, so give the people what they want, but uh, but yeah, it'd probably this would probably be a bit a classier way to go. So. Uh, so, yeah, if you can save us from that, we'd appreciate it. Uh, but if we do, that'll be <laughs> no. where the link will be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. I can see it now. No, uh, it really does help us, so it gets the podcast out there. And um, I'm sure you all know that, like, when when it's an independent podcast, it really, uh, the, the the love and support of the listeners is what really gets it out there to more people to to share some labs with us and some gaming experiences. Chuck, do you want to kind of give us a little quick like pre-intro, a little pre-dip, a little pre pre you know pre-snuggling up and against uh, on yeah. this topic here today? Yeah, I kind of want to tie it into to our episode about blowing uh, our blowing episode, as I like to call it. Uh, we- <laughs> blowing it to make it work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, the sex life after forty uh, edition is I think episode? of in my mind, but yeah, we I think we were working toward the end of that episode and, and kind of discussing how cartridges, um, you know, sort of sort of had a, had a certain design to them that that led to this uh, interface that that we were we were kind of manipulating there with the uh, you know all the different mojo and, and blowing on it and whatnot and how that eventually turned to CDs and and we came with the question of sort of was it the fact that they they started having these game saves you know that possibly they needed um you know the ability to save yeah. there um you know i think we had i don't remember how exactly that topic came up but we were it was our last episode i think that was named uh remember blowing into nintendo cartridges really fun episode check it out if you haven't heard it yet but somewhere towards the end of that we did like something came up about game saves and uh I think Chuck mentioned it, and I was like, man, that's like a really good idea for an episode right there. And here we are. Here we are, folks, delivering. We made a promise to you, and we're going (laughs) to deliver. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fun to see how the evolution of these things sort of tie in. And, um, you know, this topic was a little uh, harder to find information about. Uh, You know, it seems like the other things, it was almost there there was, you had to sort through the good information, you know, to find the quality stuff out there. And, And... this one really took some digging. Uh. Yeah, there's only some tidbits. I mean, there's, you know, you, of course, you got your solid Wikipedia page, what we, we might draw from a little bit, which we always, if you've heard of our earlier podcasts, whenever we have to dip into the interwebs, we call it cheat codes. You know, that's our, that's our podcast version of using cheat codes, you know, to make sure we're not messing up our info. So, yeah, we have, of course, we got the wiki page about game saves. There's a couple of YouTube videos, literally like a couple. Yeah two or three, um, and an article or two hit and miss. So we're really going to be drawing, I think, on a lot of our own personal anecdotal experience. Wouldn't you say, Tomahawk? Yeah. yeah. I know you got some anecdotal experience <laughs> running up the light bill. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Yeah, I just want to kind of tease uh, to folks that, that this come, kind of pose some questions, you know, as far as how, how we approach games and, and, and they're designed and whatnot. And, and, yeah, I think as we go through the discussion, uh, it'd be fun to talk about those and – yeah, just kind of kind of go through this evolution and <clears throat> uh, see where it takes us. But uh, I, um, I can tell you, yeah. I'm sorry, Chuck. I don't mean to interrupt, but I can tell you this, and this, you know, 
it's going to take us to a place where it sa- saves, sorry, game saves will come to have an impact on the player's risk tolerance in the game. It'll come to have an impact on the experimentation that we're willing to engage in. It's going to have an impact on safety. It's going to have an impact on social factors, quit rates, the overall feel of the gameplay, and including meta gameplay, which I think goes down into like collectibles and, and skins and, and other type of stuff like that. But as it turns out, the, the, game, the game save dynamic has, has a lot of areas where it uh, has an impact yeah. and changed the game, if you will, pun intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's why I think this this topic, you know, really turned out to be deeper than than I had expected. And uh, if that doesn't get folks' attention, there's something called saves coming, that uh, uh, save scumming. I think it is that. Uh, ah, yeah, I was yeah. gonna ask you where I'm where gonna... the where the emphasis on the on the syllables was <laughs> in that one. If it was a one or two word. <laughs> <laughs> is it save coming or save scumming? It's really you weren't really you didn't really like you kind of said like literally the like two. Right there. You said both <laughs> at the same time, kind of. So I wasn't sure which way you're trying. Oh, yeah. Goodness but, gracious. Uh, but yeah, before we really you know nail that down, um, I'm excited to get into that. Anything caught your eye, like in gaming news or anything like that on the interwebs you know, out there or anything like that? There's yeah, there is, there is. And it's it's it might be cons- it might be old news at this point. This is from a couple of weeks back, maybe even up to a month back, but it's still worthy of mention because we did an episode on it. And this is Goldeneye 007. We did an episode on this, another really fun episode, one of our more popular ones. So definitely go check that out if you haven't heard it yet. But Goldeneye 007 is a cornerstone of of gaming history. There's no doubt about it. One of the f- beloved first person shooters of all time. Yeah. Some argue that it's the best game of all time. Some argue this, that, and the other. Anyways, long story short, wonderful game. And in that episode, Chuck and I were discussing how there was a bunch of news around a remastered version being released. Of course, there's emulators out there, people that have made the game look amazing, etc., and all that. But a proper, you know, licensed remastered version was in the mix. It was kind of like supposed to be announced a day or so after we recorded and uploaded that podcast. And uh, it was supposed to be announced in an event. That was the rumor. It was the Microsoft and Xbox event. I don't remember the name of it, but long story short, crickets. We didn't hear hear nothing. And Chuck and I were particularly, like, bummed about that. But, again, between, I don't know, two weeks to a month ago, we got the news, and it's coming out. It's going to be on, if it's not already out, I think, Chuck, you might have some more... uh, hands-on intel on that, but it's either coming out or it's already out, but it's going to be on Xbox and it's going to be on the Nintendo Switch. (laughs) And I think the Switch is really going to be where uh, the fun is at. I'm not sure, maybe the Xbox, I don't know. But just having a double analog stick to be able to play it with two analog sticks for the first time is going to be something else. It's like a dream come true. So that's kind of the... And and yeah, yeah, I think kind of what you mentioned there, they they have sort of a N64 library um, that that you can access on on the Switch there. And um, it it hasn't shown up yet, but, but, you know, the high anticipation is there uh, to to see that remake. And, you know, and I think anytime we hear information about this, the number one question on my mind, and I feel like a lot of people's minds, is is there going to be online multiplayer? And... uh, 
Yeah. Oh, gosh, dude, if there is, I will buy a Switch just to be able to play with you, man. Can you be back? Can you be? Can you imagine being back on those maps and playing together, dude? Like one person starting at one end of the map and the other person starting yeah. at the other end, you know? Yeah. And you, you you spawn in and the music dun 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 dun. It's like oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, boy. Oh, oh you, goodness. You, honestly, I can't think of that game. Um, I, I, I do think it's kind of came out on some emulators. I keep seeing it kind of popping up on social media. And and the other thing is you mentioned the music in that game, dude. Like, like I see so many videos, like, still today. Like, like even after I did the research for our episode, like, where, where people are just... Like the the pause music in that game is like second to none. It's like it's really good. It has like an awesome beat, like memorable beat. And then there's this high pitched, almost like they're they're playing a like some kind of little xylophone or something that just blows your mind. Like you're just like it couldn't be any better. And then they just kind of you know there's just something. I that totally just remember the dun, dun, the pause dun, menu. Dun, dun. and then there's kind of something that's just trailing that like it's real high too you know like an octave up there's something you're just like damn (laughs) i'm just gonna leave this while i go do some just the pause music like like he kind of when you push pause he kind of looks at his watch it brings up his watch and you know for all like anything would have sufficed and and they went the extra mile so yeah yeah. gosh you know if if the SEO favored it, Chuck, we could have named that episode. It's just the pause, man. <laughs> or whatever you just said. It's just the pause, man. I, um, but uh, we had to name it GoldenEye or something or other like yeah. that. Otherwise, no one would ever find it. There's some fun, <laughs> fun videos out there of just just people kind of seeing this release come out. You know, I think I think it showed up in the achievement files on on the Xbox somehow, and you know, started this hype, and and it's gone on. You know, so uh, from that point, I think it's supposed to play at 60 frames, man. I think I I don't quote me on that. It, you know, it might be thirty, but it, uh, in any event, the graphics are going to be much better. It's going to look amazing, uh, and that'll be so much fun. I, I saw someone streaming it, and and what I saw is when when he had the AK forty seven, it just like like the how clearly you saw where it was hitting the the AI characters and how fast that was happening, and and um, yeah, it was obvious like with his how you have the dual analog stick advantage there with the you know, being able to move forward and kind of look somewhere else at the same time, uh, you know, makes a huge yep. difference. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see that. And, um, I, I, I didn't really, I, I saw more people emulating it than I did, you know, an actual news release or anything, but, uh, I kept seeing this story about this kid out of Japan, uh, kind of in the esports world, uh, called AMSA. And apparently there, there's this Super Smash Brothers Melee tournament that they call the Big House. And uh, it's where they bring like a thousand players together. And, and I think they, they actually had like the top 100 players in the country. And he won this Dang. tournament with the character Yoshi, as I understand. Like there's like tiers of characters. Uh, like And, and okay. like, you know, the last 10 years worth of championships have been won by these you know, three or four different characters and Yoshi. And I'm suspecting that Yoshi wasn't <laughs> one like of them. He's on the very bottom, dude. It's like the last thing you would choose. You know, I, I've been kind of, and, and it's, it's like taking this guy 31 or 21 years to master this. And, and, you know, he's continuously stuck to his guns and continued to wait, use wait. Yoshi. It, 
Oh wait, it took him 21 years or or after 21 years he was the first one to beat it with he's Yoshi. He's been playing is the way I took it, he's been playing that character for that amount of time and sticking to his guns about it. You know, I can't say that he never Damn. used anything else or or you know, took a different approach somewhere, but it's been his go-to. And uh yeah, has has that game been out that long? Yeah, I think this it is seems going like on. it has been. You know, that's something I don't know a ton about. Is the and I'm intrigued about, and you know, maybe we could do an episode at some point about the esports world. Like I, I was, I was really, you know, kind of blown away at uh, you know, sort of the reputation and and uh, clout. It's the real yeah. deal, man. It's a real deal. There's like proper teams, like just like the major league uh, sports, you know, there's proper teams in cities and stuff. Like I think there's one called Atlanta phase or something. <laughs> uh, and there's, uh, you know, teams in Los Angeles, teams in Chicago, teams in, I think, you, uh, <laughs> you know, Miami, I think. And they've got like really dope names. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I think you could even go it, to college on a scholarship or something to do, do that, uh, you know, to be in esports, uh, as best as I can tell. Like, I think the, like colleges have teams. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, the way things are going and moving, that makes total sense to me. Yeah. You know, that'd be a dream come true as as a young kid. You know, <laughs> yeah. we're obviously uh, we're we're a little bit past that, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I wish, man. Wouldn't that be something? Oh, I, I think it, it, honestly, what it, it strikes me is, you, you know, I think I had that dream of you know playing a sport or something like that, and and you know getting my college paid for to do it. But to think about video games leading to that, uh, that, that yeah, it's something as a kid I'd never believe uh, would even be possible. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that was definitely an interesting story. I, 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 uh, I, I think folks should uh, definitely read more if they, if that interests them. I, I, I found it really cool. You mean about this this uh, young kid? Where was he He's from? from? Japan, I think. He, he, he also like this was a North American tournament. I, I think it was also, you know, a, a really long, perhaps the first time that that someone from Japan had, had won that that particular tournament. But uh, it, um, I've been using the analogy. It'd be like you know winning a war zone tournament. You know, simply using a pistol or, or, or something of that nature. Like like the the handicap of of the character and and its abilities was. Um, yeah, something that took some patience. Awesome. Yeah, it was fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, so what was, well, one more time, what was the name of that game? Says, Super uh, Smash Brothers is it Smash Melee, Bros? but you hear them just call it Smash Melee. Yeah, Super Smash. But um, it's a, yeah. it's an offshoot of the game Super Smash Brothers is, a, is the way I take it, yeah. Yeah, so if any of y'all out there are interested in, uh, you know, GoldenEye, or you played it before and you want to check out the remastered version, or if you're, if you've never played it in your life, uh, you know, and you were born post 2000 or something like that, and you never played GoldenEye, uh, you should definitely check it out. But check out the remastered version. Yeah. And uh, if you're into Smash Melee or Super Smash Bros, you might want to check out this uh, this note on Amza winning major tournament after 21 yeah. years. Yeah. Awesome. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of episode 13 of New Wave Gaming on Game Saves. Yeah. Do you want to start us off, Chuck? What do you, yeah. you were you were around back then? Yeah, I, I definitely. Um, you got a couple of high scores out there, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> I feel like they're still standing strong. Hopefully, somewhere in a machine stored in a warehouse. Maybe they're uh, somewhere in Never Salt know. Flats. Maybe they're in Nevada, but maybe they, maybe somewhere there in that fun spot, that biggest arcade in the world. There's like a machine in there that might still have a, uh, you know, Chuck T in there unbroken, somewhere. Unbroken, thirty years unbroken. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> 
Put <laughs> putting in work. Uh, I, I feel like Tempest was probably the game that I had the most unusually high scores at. But uh, but yeah, I, I, I'll definitely get us started here. I, I, I think I kind of look at this beginning area like sort of as a three-phase sort of situation where you had arcade games and then you had the consoles of the day and then you had what I would do when I was faced with a situation where you know I had a game that, that uh, maybe had a pause function but didn't necessarily have a, a save function to it. Uh, so, so yeah, I think it... Well, no, no, you can't leave us hanging like that, man. What what did you do? Am, 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 I, am I right, listeners? He can't just be like, oh, well, and there was this thing that I did. But uh, well, anyways, yeah, they, no, you got to tell us now. You, you see it. Like, people do it. You, you, you know, you have, um, I kind of like to paint this picture of, of you know, here, here now, like I have a TV in my, my sort of gaming setup, and it wouldn't be any, any big deal to leave it on. But, but as a kid... We were at this floor model TV and, you know, I'd have my Intellivision laying there in front of it. And, and, you know, maybe I was working my way through Pitfall and I made it past that scorpion part that's always a pain in the ass. And, you know, mom was calling me to come to dinner or something like that. And, and I would just pause the game and leave the whole TV on. And, um, yeah, leave uh. the whole system on. And, and, you know, essentially you're going to be able to take off where, where you left off. But, uh you know, in our household, that wasn't so, a real that that was frowned upon because <laughs> you were <laughs> I, I bet you were you were leaving an electronic bet, device what, on. I mean, this is back in the day, man. This, like this is like yeah. you know a spoon <laughs> to the ass cheek or belt to the ass cheek oh, yeah. type of yeah. Stuff. Corporal punishment was definitely still on the table, and and, yeah. and like if you wanted to get some of it, if you were doing what my dad called quote unquote running up the light bill, <laughs> if you were doing <laughs> some kind of bullshit where you'd left a light on in a room you weren't in or you had turned the heat up in some unnecessary <laughs> fashion left a door open possibly where warm or cold air was getting out or god forbid you left that tv on or that confounded video game system like yeah, just, <laughs> that damn computer system you're always attached to yeah, yeah, yeah. man yeah so uh so but but what you're saying here is there effectively was a time when there was no saving a game, no. so there was even a, a there was even a, a pre time, right? Like, yeah, like because and I say that like it's like yeah, well, so what? But it's like I think it's important to keep in mind like how game saves today is just it's standard. It's something that doesn't even cross our minds when we get a game, when we buy a new game on the PlayStation Store or on Steam or on uh, the Xbox equivalent, I, I don't remember, I think it's called Game Pass, or whatever it may be, when you buy a game, the whole game save thing doesn't even phase us, it doesn't even cross your mind. It's just, you know, it's automatic. You know that that game is going to have an uh, autosave feature, it might have a, uh, um, a state save, where you can just kind of save the, the status of the game in that moment at any time that you want, and, and that's just, uh, it's... Is it was it the word ubiquitous? I'm trying to use new words here, Chuck. Is that one of my like major podcasts? Like misunderstanding. Game saves are ubiquitous with gaming. Yeah. <laughs> ubiqui- ubiquitous. Hold on. Let just- me get my dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, it's just you know, yeah. but you know if if uh, depending on you on how how old you are or how long you've been gaming, you can certainly remember a time where uh, game saving. F- could possibly factor into your 
game purchasing decisions, you know, or go so far back that there was actually no saving at all, which is what you're talking it, about. It's good. You had to just leave the damn TV yeah, on. And I feel it. And I, like if, if, if dad came down and gave you the evil eye, you just have to look at him and be like, it's worth <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. Someday kids will be going to college for this. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I think it's important as we look at this evolution that we do establish that, that you know, sort of, uh, I'm specifically thinking of the Atari 2600, and and typically the games were basic, you know, and, and honestly the whole situation, include the, the, the console and the game was strapped for memory, so it was going to be a short sort of thing, and they weren't necessarily designed in a linear fashion. It, it, you might get to the end of it and it pretty much just loop back to the beginning and, and have the AI be a little harder or something like that. So, um, so, so give the listener, give the listener, especially the younger listener, a practical example of what you mean. Let's say you're playing Contra. Mm-hmm. What, what, what would that be like? You're, you're playing Contra, you're at a certain point in the game, you got, you know, give give us an example real quick. We're going what, to, I'm what, afraid we're going to tr- have to go back give to Chopper Command, like like on, or Adventure or something like that on, oh, on the on the 2600. Because once you got to Contra, it, you did kind of need the saves. But but back in the the beginning there with like Adventure or something, you didn't really need it. It wasn't that long of a game to begin with. I mean, you might have hoped for it, but um, you know, even with the Pitfall. Um, you know, game and especially the sports games, like, you know, you pretty much just finish the game. And, you know, I, I'm not saying that there wasn't any need whatsoever that if it existed, you wouldn't use it, but you just didn't really need it that much because of the design of the game. And, um, you, you know, yeah. So I, I, I want to, I want the, 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 the listener to have like uh, an idea of, of like what kind of a game we're talking about, especially the younger one that, that's never even, that might have no idea of what kind of a game that might look like. So, like, especially if, if you can go on YouTube or anything like that and you go back and look at, like, what kind of games are we talking about here? You mentioned... Well, uh, well Pitfall was more of, like, a linear sort of thing, almost like a Mario game. But but Adventure, you actually had, like, multiple screens. You could go up, down, left, right, and, and you know, you might have to go over here and get a sword or a key or something to get in a castle to be able to fight a particular dragon or something like that. So So... Yeah, I could see me employing the pause feature in that and, and not necessarily wanting to go through finding that all over again, but it still wasn't super long. So, um, you know, so if, you, if, if you had to walk away, though, you you turn it off and that much, was it. Yeah. yeah. And what would happen if you turned it back on? Would you start back? You know, at the at the at the gates of the castle, like you're about to go in, and or, or did you have to start from? My scratch? memory's not like super clear where I can say, "Oh, I brought you back to that screen." You know exactly, but as I remember, it, you started over, and yeah, I'd be willing to bet money you had to start yeah, from scratch. Yeah, and and if nothing else, like some key things would be put back where they were, um, you know, and and yeah, you know, sort of restarted, but. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I think it's important to establish that. And it's like I say, I kind of think about those three things at the same time we had going on at the arcade. Like one of the first things you could do mm-hmm. was to, it was enter your high score. And, um, you know, I, I think they credit Space Invaders as the first game, you know, yeah. that, that, uh, Taito. <laughs> yeah, Ta- that, uh, Taito Space Invader. Yeah, where they're, they're in the, you know, what they call the golden age of, of uh, video games. And, and, you know, I, 
I feel like even at this point, like it still, it changes the game, your interaction with the game a little bit, because up until that point, you went to the arcade and the, really the only mark you left after you were gone were your quarters that were sitting safely in a bin, you know, inside the machine. Yeah. Not in your pocket anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'd, you'd, you'd go in there, you'd have a wonderful, amazing time. And and that was really the hallmark of the of the of the visit to the arcade. Like it was to go and have an amazing time and and mingle, maybe do a little flirting, maybe get some junk food, while you're just you know having a blast playing uh, you know coin op games. Yeah, and and it sort of gave you a yardstick of sorts to to measure yourself by. Like like if I just walked up on a game and and got like a high score right away. It's like, man, I'm a natural at this right here. <laughs> and, and, you know, there could also be another situation where, you know, you put in the work. Like, you you played and played and put your quarter, quarters in there each time you went. And you you learned, you know, what to do and improved. And, and you know, it was kind of, it was like a clout to be able to, you know. So what you're saying, though, is that maybe the young, you know, the young kiddo gamer of the 80s or 90s, instead of just going to have a great time, they would also go with an objective in mind. Is that what you're saying? Is that how it changed the experience? Maybe it made them take a stance, if you will, I, like you <laughs> described before in the, in the arcade episode that we did. It became more serious like, when, you know, like someone yeah, beat like, your high score or something like that. Like, you know, and, and you had previously had it. I, I know that's how I felt about that Tempest game. I, I would be like, all right, okay, game on. And, you know, yeah. get in the- you just start, you, you go, you look at the screen and you see like B-O-R at the top right above your high score. And you're just like, what in the <laughs> who in the hell? Is B O R exactly. Show yourself exactly. It's just like in the arcade, yeah. yelling at little kids. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. God forbid <laughs> yeah. it's a girl or something. You know, when you're ten years old, it's like, oh my god, <laughs> dude. Yeah, yeah. Man. They're out there too. I, I, I. I oh, no, more often than not, they'll oh, copy can, you, dude. I'm thinking of one in particular I when I'm saying a, this. A gamer so, yeah. chick. Yeah, you know, you've got to get serious at that point and. Uh, yeah, I, I have fond memories of that situation. You know, you you would you would you know finish your game and it would be game over, and you would have this little short time period. We're on this. Oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> oh my God, that's I remember that. <laughs> I remember yeah. thinking how unfair that was. Yeah. Chuck, please tell the listener exactly what you mean by that. So I would put my actual initials in, and and. You know, you had this little short period, and it, and it wasn't like, you know, iPhone 14, you know, sort of keyboard. It was a clunky thing that had no, like, once you put a, a character in, it was in. Like, like No, but tell them, how, tell them about the time period, dude. I, I want to say, if you're lucky, 10 seconds. 10, 10 seconds. seconds. It get, you'd get 10. I, I'm remembering that, and I'm just remembering I'm having such a nostalgic flashback of the anger that that would provoke inside me because it was so unfair like i mean yeah they'd give you 10 seconds to like to like digest the fact that you just got clobbered after you know a very high high stress moment in a video game where you were so far you're like you're like oh you got one life left and something kills you and you're just like no (laughs) and then all of a sudden on the screen in big letters game over and then a and then a countdown would start Of course, there were games that were there were some games that were different, but on the bulk majority of your coin op games, you'd get this 
big game over, and then big block letters would start flashing on the screen. It'd be like 10, 9, 8. And then within that like 10 second time frame is when like y- your boy Chuck Tomahawk <laughs> is just like, fuck, shit, fuck, I fuck, got fuck, the high school. Like finding all of it. Because like you've just yeah. described the emotional just roller going coaster. Through the letters. You've gone from that, that death, you know, and game over moment, you know, to kind of, uh, this is all my quarter is going to have gotten me and the kids are behind you waiting for their turn. And, you know, yeah, yeah you have, you know, at that point <laughs> you think you have no legitimate reason to be there, but it. Honestly, that 10 seconds in that respect was a nice little extra time there. Like, you know, hey, it's still my, my situation here. And, <laughs> you know, but you had to get it yeah, right. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> Back the fuck yeah. up, Timmy. I'm putting it in my high score. <laughs> and my goal was... To, Don't make me put yeah, a quarter in. Was to put my name in. But, uh, you know, if you got a letter wrong or something, you had to think fast on your feet. Like, you know, you just come yeah. up with something. Like, <laughs> what if you put a C and you didn't mean to? What are you gonna put? O C O C. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, too late now. <laughs> Next person. Go ahead. Which at, at that age is like some of the funniest things you could. I mean, it's like Beavis and Butthead sort of level of humor, but it is so good. Like, I don't uh, think. Yeah, I don't think anyone ever actually put their real initials. I mean, maybe a handful of kids. Can, I did. Like this is an official record. Oh yeah, really? I feel like that's that's still oh, on shoot, on file bad. somewhere. I it. <laughs> I mean, it's a binding document right there. Like, 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 but uh, honestly, yeah, that's just, that's just, that's the way Chuck Tomahawk rolled at that age. But I I would jam my name in there. But I eventually, you know, I I was, there were, there were plenty of kids around that, that had other ideas. And, uh, you know, ultimately you would see someone put, you know, what I can, I would say it was a four letter word or, you know, somehow they would magically fit yeah. a four letter word into those three spaces. <laughs> well, and I think like, uh, I do remember, you know, uh, some, mach- I don't know, I don't know what the circumstances were, but I do remember that somehow some gamers or some players would get, uh, multiple high scores yeah. and they, it would allow them to like almost spell out like a full sentence. Yeah. Or to have like a repetition of a of of something, you know, maybe even put put so, part of their full name or, or or you know that that was you know I mean you're putting in some work there you're 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 literally having to cut it off so you don't beat your already high score and and you know kind of time this out yeah. right and and yeah like intentionally <laughs> losing, <laughs> which says you're pretty damn good at Just this a, game, but like, yeah. you know and um yeah that was the most creative well, thing. Who knows? Maybe some of Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off like that, but I'm sure like as a player would get better on that respective arcade game, they would probably organically create those high score marks yeah. until they were reaching the top levels. So some of them probably would organically like yeah, you could see see you know, it coming, sort of the potential and, and Yeah. Like if you're one through ten, you know, you'd fill in those like five to ten slots pretty easy and then you'd start going for the higher ones. Anyways. <laughs> but so so really yeah. what we're getting at here is that the high score save was kind of like the the first uh, first signs of this, if you if yeah. you will. 
of of any kind of save in sort any of this interaction, you know, with a, a video game and and uh, yeah, I think it's just funny us entering that text sort of in a pre emoji pretext world where uh, you know you first kind of see that creativity coming out, but but yeah, as we're sort of looking at the the sort of three phase uh, you know world of 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 the beginnings of this. You say that that was what was going on at the arcade at home. We had those basic uh, games on the Atari that didn't really need it. And then, you know, you had me like running up the light bill pretty much. <laughs> I think a lot of kids did that. I think a lot of yeah. kids did that because we, we know from previous episodes, our listeners know this as well, that, you know, the arc, the, the console was intended to bring home the arcade. So it was only natural that a lot of those, um, video games from the arcades and the way they would play would just naturally bleed over into console. So all of the initial console games that were coming out were also the same way. They'd have, they'd either be just one, one screen with no real end in sight. You just have to, you know, destroy the enemy spaceships or, or jump here and jump here and jump there on the platform. Or if you're, you know, Pac-Man, whatever the case may be, you know, you had levels and that was it. You turn the game off, it was over, you know, or Chuck T style, just leave that bad boy <laughs> running. Right. No problemo yeah. until dad comes yeah. down and, and raises or, hell. Yeah. Your um, sister resets it or something. Uh, you know, you're, yeah. you're taking a gamble, Easy. but you're, you're working it, you know, so. Did you ever have to cross paths with your sis <laughs> uh, or something like that? Is that why you brought that up? Or as they say down here in Mexico, did you ever have to throw chingasos? Oh, man. <laughs> we were about five years apart. Like, she's about five years older than me. So when I was 10, like, a fist fight was oh, pretty much game you. on. Yeah. Like, like, it was an even battle. Um, but um, she wasn't wow. into video games as much, but she might decide she needed to watch something on the TV, and it wasn't no concern, you know, if some of my stuff yeah. needed to get just out. Just to the- piss yeah. you off. Just walk right up and just hit that reset button. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Chuck, it's guess like, what? Yeah. Get- Oh. Or, or like snitch you just on like you. Look at the you screen, know, like, Dad. Ooh. Johnson, I left the TV on down here. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that kind of crap. But um. it's really hot. He's <laughs> really like rubbing it just to rub salt in the wound. Really get Dad angry. <laughs> the carpet's really warm. <laughs> yeah, oh, Those dude, are the good old there days. There was one man. winter that it became like like really tense. You know, our light bill had been running really high, like because of electric heat, and like like I just I, I think that's why oh, that's kind of like jammed in my memory. And you know, and God bless Dad because he was right. I, I you know I was pretty much just did the tomahawk did the tomahawk household become a little war zone in there between brother and sis? <laughs> or honestly, just oh, my yeah. You know, I think. Uh, <laughs> Winter time, you're inside more, and and the days are short. Yeah, it kind of yeah. kind of builds up, but uh, shoulders rub a little bit. Yeah, thank God these video games existed, and and you know, I, I honestly I wish there was some save feature, but uh, not too far into that time period, we started to see some changes in the, you know, after the Atari, I feel like the next generation of consoles, you you sort of needed a, a save feature. It was the only way that they could. <sighs> See, what, I'm kind of having like a, what is it, a chicken or the egg di- dilemma? Mm-hmm. Or is, it, is that it, the egg or the chicken, which came first, whatever that th- that little dynamic is? I'm kind of having one of those moments because I don't know if the password came first, and we're going to explain what, we, what, what I mean by that with passwords, or if the external cassettes and floppy disks came first and i and and when i say that i mean in 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 contrast with 
the game's becoming longer, the story's becoming longer. So I, I guess what I mean by the chicken or the egg, like I don't know if the games started to become longer so they needed to create game saves or if game saves came or the ability to have game saves came and that was what enabled them to go and create longer games with better stories. Do you know what I mean? That was a very long-winded yeah. way of me saying, which came first, the the more intrinsic, longer storylines and, and gameplay or did the save game saves come first? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you can't have one without the other. So I'm just wondering, well, which came first? I feel like in the chicken and egg, the egg came first. And in this case, I feel like um, <laughs> it, it, it was it was sort of like a lot of characters. Um, I know this is kind of a on the fence answer, but a lot of characters at, at play at once. Like you had, you know, the Commodore 64 and the other early PCs that that you know had some advantages because you had a floppy disk drive and and uh, you know other external hardware that you could kind of you know, bring into the mix. And, and you also had, yep. um, the fact that, that movie rentals were kind of on the scene and, and, uh, like a lot of these games started being rented out. Like, like instead of purchasing this game, I might just go rent it from my local movie time, um, you know, or the blockbuster. Ah, uh, I see what you're saying. And, or what you know, you're and, say. and the, the developers decided that we've got to make this thing long enough that they can't beat it in one rental period, which, which I think at the time was probably about three days or something. Um, you think that's legit? Oh yeah. Yeah. Are you, do you think that's a factor? I never really considered like I, it came up in one of our, our past episodes uh, is you know where I was first exposed to that. Uh, it's another small factor. Uh, like I say, I think you had some hardware sort of that's advantages not, on, yeah. on the PCs, and and then you know also like like we needed the games to get better. Like like when you know the Nintendo games came along. Um, yeah, you had the NES system there. Uh, you know, I think we we start seeing the passwords. Um, and yeah, I, I really can't specifically answer your question. You know, which came first? I, I, I think they were all sort of kind of in concert there. You know, going on at different times. I'm yeah, uh, I'm inclined to lean toward uh, the technology was just really getting better in any, in, you know, in any regard. It was it was advancing. Technology was getting better. Peripherals were out there, and you know, we started seeing the games change quite quickly. Like you really enjoyed playing Pitfall. There's a huge leap from, you know, Space Wars back in the day to Pitfall, yeah. you know, by Activision. Because Activision at that point had already branched off and become its own independent company and they were making dope ass games. Yeah. So huge leap but just between there. So I think in that same in virtue of that, in that same uh, you know, forward motion. They wanted to create more length, more lengthy games, more storyline, more content, if you will, however you want to look at it. The games were getting longer and getting more uh, complex, know, way more fun, to be honest, complex, way more badass. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like it, the the developers needed to create some sort of an option for players to be able to leave the game to go back to regular life and then come back without having lost their progress. That was really the thing because it wouldn't have made sense to continue having like a, uh, uh, a Mario style progression, which, which Mario actually had its own little, you know, uh, shortcut to save, if you will, which we'll talk about. 
But, you know, you had games where basically there was no saving whatsoever, and that wasn't going to work in these newer games that were coming out. So they had to create a, sa- a save dynamic. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly uh, how I see it as well. And, you know, once we're at that place, I think some interesting things start happening. And, and you know, I, I think that's one of my, my favorite parts of, of the research of this and, and the discussion of it. Um, you know, that. Well, the f- tell us about the passwords, Chuck. You brought up the passwords. Why don't you, uh, can you give us any like examples or what, what do you mean by passwords and how does a game save relate to a password? Like, I totally remember this in, uh, from my childhood, but I'm sure there might be a listener or two that's just like, what? Passwords? Yeah, I think it came in several forms. I, I, I would see a situation where. You know, you would have your own unique password that was generated. So you ultimately had to have a piece of paper and, and, and you know, get this written down and, and keep it. And, you know, you might, you know, suddenly get a new game and play that for a while and get tired of that and come back to this other game and ask yourself, what in the hell did I do with that piece of paper? You know, that, that uh, phone bill. Well, but what would the password, what, what would, would it, a, what would generate it for you? What, what would it do? Um, I noticed you got some notes here. I, I that says yeah okay no, no, sorry it, it it would ultimately start you over in the game right the the particular type i'm talking about the the unique ones like like if the game generated it would essentially start a new game you know with the items that you had and the interactions that you had made sort of documented and you started over from that point uh forward rather than than starting you know completely over but I do think there's another form of this where where these these just exist to begin with. Like like uh, I'll use Mike Tyson punch out as an example where if I just simply want to start at the fight of Tyson, there's an existing code that might you know I might get from the Nintendo Power magazine or from my buddy or or whatever that that I I put in and it's sort of universal. Um, Your buddy wouldn't have just given that to you. He would have wanted to have traded something. You know, he would have wanted like a couple of Capri Suns or something for that code. Yeah. And and I want to say like after you beat the game, you got a code such as that. And, and, um, you know, but it it was an obvious universal sort of code. And and I I just saw a guy streaming the other day. He was, he was setting out to, uh, to beat Tyson in the first round. And, and he had, uh, like a little timer that he knew that if he hadn't, you know, achieved a knockout or a knockdown by a certain point, he needed to start over. And, and you know, and over a period of few minutes, I watched him start over a number of times, and he he jammed that same goat in every time to, you know, get back to the beginning of the fight with Tyson. So, the so the passwords to me sounds. I mean, I, I remember seeing something like this in. I hope I'm not making a mistake here, but I believe it was in one of the Sega games on my... uh, I used to have one of those little... uh, Was it a Sega? It was a handheld Sega... Gosh darn it, it had a name. I'm trying to remember. It wasn't the Sega Saturn. That's what I wanted to say, but uh, I can think of the thing you... The Sega... I don't remember the name. Gosh, now I... God, I had so much fun on that. But anyways, on Sega, there was some Sonic games where you could type in a password and it would take you to a certain stage in the game mm-hmm. which was great because you it 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 was kind of like a a a pre like what came before the proper save mm-hmm. but it enabled a player to go back to a specific point in the game where they had uh, maybe left off which was great that was a great mechanism that was the simple version 
And I think what I think what they did there was just like, hey, you know what? Let's just put these little passwords in the game so that our players can get to these specific points. In that way, we don't have to worry about creating some software or some hardware or like RAM, ROM, dealing with all that stuff. They don't have to make any modifications to the cartridge or anything like that. They can just pre-program in these um, <clears throat> these little modifications to uh, abilitate uh, basically a door for a player to use to get to these different stages in the game. Um, in Mario, I mentioned earlier, and I didn't find this out until way later. It would have been super helpful to know this with the old original Mario Bros. on, on NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System. I had the version that came with Duck Hunt, uh, and... <clears throat> I found out later that there's these like particular spots in the levels where you can like jump a little extra high or you like duck in a specific spot and you like can cross into this like secret room and there'll be like specific little uh, pipes. You know how you can go down the pipes in Mario mm -hmm. and those pipes will take you to different levels in the game. Yeah. I think like, like right off the bat, I think on like level two or level one or something, you can go into this little spot and it'll take you like all the way to level eight. <laughs> So that's a that's a really clever way that the developers were able to allow a player to easily mm, get back to where they had left off mm -hmm. without needing to play level one, level two, level three, all the levels over again to get where they had had left off. And that's where we see like some of those streamers get crazy speed runs on Mario. <laughs> remember, yeah. I remember we were looking at one of them. It was crazy. We were talking about <laughs> yeah. that in one of our uh, DLC episodes. Yeah. Yeah, especially warp-assisted ones, they they definitely take that path every time. And you know, I think there's also a, a you know warpless uh, record that, that that's out there as well. But uh, but yeah, I, I feel like it's important, you know, just to kind of establish here that that sort of we went from a place where we didn't really need the passwords at home very much, and uh, you know, all of a sudden you start sort of seeing that that this develop. Uh, or we didn't need the game saves at home and, and you start seeing these passwords sort of show up as the games get more complex and, and longer. And, uh, all of a sudden it, it, I, I, I think it's funny that they, they point out that, uh, you know, like I said earlier, the Commodore 64 and some of the early PCs were sort of leading the way with this. And, and they brought up that text-based game Zork, you know, that I, I'd kind of introduce you to, uh, there ways back. I think when we were talking mm -hmm. about the Commodore 64 and, and, uh, you know, one of the things that, that, that I felt like the takeaway of that game, it, it required a lot of imagination, but it also was really hard to figure out just what in the hell you were supposed to do. And, and you know, the, the experimentation could lead to consequences that were sort of irreparable. Like, you know, they're, they're you know, initially I, I think what wasn't hardly any way to, to save their game, but it ultimately... One of the first places that that this was introduced was you know was in the, in the Zork titles and immediately gamers and gaming media of the time noted that it changed the game to some degree. Well, you lost me. What do you mean? Because uh, I remember Zork. You introduced me to that game. I've played it. Mm -hmm. I know it's text based. I know it was a pain in my ass, and I gave it up because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I couldn't get out of the damn forest. But I I, I don't. How is this? How is this relating to game saves? 
ultimately it was one of the, I found an article that, that, that talked about home computers leading this, this sort of the charge on this. And they brought this up as an example of one of the first games to actually have a game save um, feature. And the way I took it, you know, one of the things that, that I think really the interest of the Commodore 64 at that time and today is your ability to mod it. So I, I don't know if this was a mod or it was something that, you know, came out in, in the Zork 2 title, but uh, ultimately it came out and, and people said it, it, it changed the game. It, it, it. I see. Yeah. Because it would allow you to just pick up where you left yeah. off. And if you were getting really ahead in that very difficult game, I, I could see how a save would be amazing. I suspect that they must have done the saves with uh, with Zork on a peripheral, right? It must have been a cassette, yeah. a compact cassette, Probably a floppy peripheral, disk drive. maybe a, a floppy disk drive. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That must have been how they did it. Yeah. Um, you know, <clears throat> let me read this real quick. I'm going to activate a cheat code here on the interwebs. I'm just going to read off the wiki because I think it'll just give us a good base just to define a save game. It says here on the wiki, a saved game, also called game save, save game, save file, save point, or simply a save, is a piece of digitally stored information about the progress of a player in a video game. Okay. From the earliest games in 1970s onward, game platform hardware and memory improved, which led the bigger and more complex computer games, which, in turn, tended to take more and more time to play them from start to finish. That's exactly what we were talking about. This naturally led to the need to store in some way the progress and how to handle the case where the player received a game over. Yeah, (laughs) we definitely mentioned that. Yeah, more modern games with a heavier emphasis on storytelling are designed to allow the player many choices that impact the story in a profound way later on, and some game designers do not want to allow more than one save game so that the experience will always be fresh. Okay, I'm not going to keep reading from this. It keeps going on and on and on, and you know, no need to read it all, but basically that's, that's what we're looking at. And another way I look at what a game save is is basically like it's just information with instructions ultimately so that when you load the save it's giving the video game a set of instructions on how to react based off of the player's last point of progress or or save point and within that it'll tell the game to to set the stage if you will as things were in the very last save point or point of progress however it's not going to necessarily change everything in the game right like I think of, uh, <clears throat> I think we were talking about this, but Grand Theft Auto. Uh, it's going to, like when you save in Grand Theft Auto, it's going to save your character and the, the progress that you've made, how much money you have, what cars you got in the garage, what properties you've purchased, depending on which Grand Theft Auto it is. And it's going to save all that information. And when you load the game, it's going gonna, it's gonna to load that in. But it might not save everything right it's not going to save like the exact position of every npc vehicle in the entire you know liberty city map or it's not going to like save the exact position of the bird or so on and so forth so in a nutshell your save file is a information instruction loop is is, at least that's how i understand it yeah yeah that's definitely my takeaway and and you know i think they're fighting a battle there sort of sort of between load time and 
you know, how detailed they go with, with that information. And like you say, like, like sort of cars that you haven't interacted with or, or, you know, quests that you haven't done, there's no sense of, uh, you know, keep documenting exactly. that information. And, you know, I think they can do some compression with it, uh, you know, when some things repeat and stuff like that, but, uh, it's always a battle I think of load time because, uh, you know, that can cause you to lose interest after a while. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's where that's where those old school like uh, clever uh, mechanisms that they had like passwords are great. Yeah, another kind of like uh, another type of like oh, I'm looking for words here. I'm just totally like my vocabulary is shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not used to recording this late in the day, but another. Uh, Another form of, of game save, even though I don't, I don't know if it, I guess it's a game save. It's more of an automatic one, but it's checkpoints. Yeah. Checkpoints are another one that, uh, that we've seen in games before where you get to a certain point in the game, it'll automatically save for you. You don't even have to do anything. I think of Mario with right? those little, it almost looks like a little hurdle or something you, you kind of interact with there and you, you've, you've crossed the midway point on a lot of levels. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I know exactly what yeah. you mean. Yeah. So that so that if you die, you don't have to go all the way back to the beginning. You'll start at that last yeah. hurdle. Exactly. Yeah. So these are all these are these are all just little evolutions in the cycle of what the game save has become today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you know ultimately at this point we started seeing the passwords and, and you know I think it's a, a good time to sort of just ask ourselves like how did it change the way you approached a game you know once this was available and sort of um you know how did it change the way that the the, the game was designed um you know and and i think we pointed that out to some degree of how they, they started making them longer and uh you know more complex and it also allowed some risk taking that that you might not have been comfortable doing uh, you know risking your progress before if the consequences aren't uh you know, a hard game over. Well, that's certainly true. I think there's two sides to this coin. We've got how does game saving affect the designer developer experience and how does game saving affect the, the player experience? Mm -hmm. You know, I think on the development end, developers got to be cautious of what kind of a saving dynamic they're going to employ in their game because, you know, like you mentioned, or I don't know if you mentioned it yet, but We've got save coming, excuse me, <laughs> saves coming, uh, which, you know, we'll, we'll, we can dive into that uh, anytime you want. But that's something that most developers do not want. They want to avoid that. So they got to, they gotta, which is basically, well, we can go into details, but it's just where a player consists, you know, constantly just reloads a save to be able to cheat the, the gameplay, if you will, yeah. to be able to have an advantage. They'll just continuously save and continuously load, yeah. and uh, and I'm, I gotta admit I'm guilty of doing that. <laughs> well, we had talked about how we would employ this as sort of you know I, I I call it you know getting the the good run. Like if I'm starting a game and I know like I need my extra lives to you know take on that level that I'm having trouble with, and I get killed right away by the first turtle in in Mario, I'm gonna start over. You know, and, and like, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, yeah. some games it was easier to do than others, but yeah, typically it involved, you know, hitting that reset button and, and kind of waiting through that, uh, startup load up screen again. Well, that, that was different though. That was different. That was just like starting the game fresh when there was, that was pre-save mm -hmm. times, 
But look, but, but, but so it's going to have an impact on how developers develop their games. And it also has some of those uh, impacts that, uh, that we mentioned. I think we mentioned them at the top. You know, risk tolerance, experimentation, safety, social factors, quit rates, feel, and meta gameplay. Mm-hmm. So depending on which kind of save style any of these games have, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect these um, characteristics, yeah. no doubt. One interesting way I think it makes it into the design, a lot of these that we run across were actually, I feel like, for the developers to, to not... You know, when they were they were play testing the games, they needed a way to, you know, maybe start at each level. Or, yeah, that's yeah. right. Especially with the password yeah. one. You know, I mean, it, it just makes sense that if you were going to have to work out the kinks of that, that you certainly wouldn't want to have to beat the, you know, the first nine boxers. You know, to see how you know yeah. when Tyson did his little dance. You, you know that. Yeah, make sure his left foot goes forward and not the right foot or whatever. You know, we don't want to make it look like he's doing any like moonwalks. <laughs> They'd have to type in that password and jump right to that yeah. fight. 100%. Yeah, you can see, you know, and, and I think. So maybe, see, that's a chicken or egg scenario, man. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Well, maybe it was just convenience. They're like, hey, let's we need to do this thing. And then later they just happen to notice like, oh, this is actually a great feature for our players, too. Yeah, because they can also skip and ahead. Honestly, they're still coming out today. Like, like there's new. You know, we talked there there about uh, sort of using the peaks and pokes to the people that, that tear these games apart and look for any code that that might you know reveal some sort of cheat. And uh, I I saw a new Super NES thing that said that that when you die in in the Super NES Mario, that if you um, I'd have to look it up here, here, but if you held a certain combinations of buttons, you got to start over at the level you were on. And, you know, there were tons of people in the comments just going, well, that's a couple years of my life I could have saved. Gosh. <laughs> right here, too, man. Gosh, that game was difficult yeah. for me. Yeah, so. I was young, though. I was so little, struggling on that Mario. So these are these struggling. are still coming out today. Um you know, and and like I say, I, I think it's interesting to ask those questions, and you know, also as we as we sort of still follow that evolution, you know, I think we're right there about the the Nintendo Entertainment System times, and um, you know, going back to our question that that we were in the 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 blowing episode, as I like to call it, where we ask ourselves, um, you know, did the cartridge design get influenced by this need for saving, and and right here's proof you know suddenly you have legend of zelda i think is one of the first games that had a battery powered memory um yeah you jotted down uh, some notes on our outline for this uh episode it says things stepped up once nintendo decided to dramatically bump the scope of what games were capable of legend of zelda is usually hailed as the first major title which included a proper ability to save via battery powered memory this is called non-volatile memory because it doesn't need a constant flow of power to retain the data. Ultimately, games could be significantly bigger and better than ever before. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I feel like it's a job that people have today where they go back and, and put new batteries in these cartridges. Like it's Man, Legend of Legend of Zelda was another game that kicked my ass, Chuck. Well, I I remember that first screen, <laughs> yeah. Where <laughs> 
I, I just want to go on record saying the uh, fact that you could use those little bombs to find things in the walls, like like just enamored me with this game. I, I love it. Like it makes me happy just to talk about it. But one of the the first oh, interactions on that screen, I, I think, is we we brought up even in our cheat code episode that if you actually enter the name Zelda on that first screen, you can go to the to to into the game as if you've already beaten it once. Like you you play the harder version of the game. Um, okay. Yeah, and so you know, I I would as a kid, I would put Chuck T in there. Obviously, I would, I would typically put my my regular name, and uh, you know, you had your save file, and and you actually had three of them to choose from. So you you could technically, you know, take one route, and, and with one man, as I would call it, and and you know, then have Chuck T number two that. You know, maybe he, he had a little different playing style and uh, you sort of had three of them to, to choose from there. And, uh, yeah, there was a little battery in that cartridge that was keeping that data. Wait, you were able to have all those saves? As best as I remember, there's three. There's one, two, and three the, the, in, in, in the, slave, the, the no save shoot. slots there on that screen where you enter your name. There's three spaces. Um, you, you know, forgive me if I'm wrong, but that, that's how I remember it. Um, but, yeah, it had a battery in there, Can dude. You- it had a little... Fu- can you, uh, I don't hear you that well, Chuck. Can you yeah. increase the volume on your... It had a little battery in there. Um, there we go. Yeah, that's awesome. A battery, the gosh, man. That that confuses me because it says uh, non... Oh, I see. In, in order for the memory to be non-volatile, it needed... Because it doesn't... I see. So it didn't need a constant flow of power from the actual console. It just had its own battery that enabled it to... You think that battery ever ran out of juice? I, I, I was I just saw like on uh, TikTok where a guy can replace these for you. He'll come in there and and no it involves shit. like some solder, like like he has to get out the soldering iron and all that uh, situation. Oh, it ain't yeah you don't <laughs> yeah you're not just slapping two double A's in there. It uh, all right. I need everyone to clear the room. <laughs> Masks on, please. Gloves. Yeah. Forceps. My my freaking right, yeah begin. my Zelda saves are at <laughs> stake here like you know like <laughs> I need your help doc <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I, I I guess I kind of see it as something that ultimately is going to corrode and tear up in the in the cartridge and probably you know it, when you're going back and grabbing a vintage cartridge like the chances of it being the one and blowing that's it work, yeah are pretty slim but. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's part of the story, you know. I, I think yeah, it you're is. start you're starting to see again like like one of the things they mentioned there is that ultimately games could be significantly bigger and better than ever before. So that's a, a design change. That that's kind of how Nintendo rocked it for a while. I think that's how they did it. They just put these batteries in their cartridges. Uh, I don't remember if the Super Nintendo had a save port. Or a car, or a save cartridge. I don't think, so. I don't think it was until uh, Sega Saturn, PlayStation, Neo Geo were your first companies to uh, rock the the proper memory card. Is that is mm-hmm. that right? Am I? I feel like that's the next step step in this evolution. It is you know I think PlayStation One come on the scene with your fifteen block memory card that you could you could slap in there and uh, I think the receiver. Oh, that's right. I remember <laughs> yeah. those. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, man. So much nostalgia. I remember that screen where it's 15 just like, blocks. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't even, it wasn't a matter of like, oh, yeah, I got 500 gigabytes on this bad. But no, no, no. It was like, 
blocks. Yeah. <laughs> you get these many blocks of, of saves. Mm. And I remember um, <laughs> I, I never had my own PlayStation, but I had a buddy that did, and, and we would... You know, we would play a lot of video games together, and I'd be over there a lot with him, and he'd be over a lot at our pad. And I remember that his always had those pictures, you know, those little pictures that yeah. would be assigned to the block, depending on the game that we'd be playing, man. And it was, you know, it was a uh, Metal Gear Solid, Siphon Filter. Um, uh, I think did Tony Hawk come out on the PlayStation? No, that was before. We had a, oh, I think we had like Kelly Slater's Pro Surfing. I do remember that. Or something yeah. like that on there. I, Man, that was a fun game. And those were the games that we had on Ghost there. Recon is uh, the one I think that prompted me to buy ooh. one. Um, oh, what yeah. a game. And Man, Tom Clancy's games were the <laughs> shit. I love those games, oh, man. Dude, it, Back in the day. It would be like, like kind of how we jump into Warzone and get into the action. Like that would be like, you know, 20 minutes of slipping around followed by you know, five seconds of pure terror when the gunfight broke out yeah. and, and real yeah. stealth, <laughs> real stealth in those yeah. games. Gosh, those games. Yeah. But, um, my fondest memory of that time period is, is I, I think the PlayStation had been out for a while to the point that they had made that slimmer version of it. And I went and got one of those and I, and I got a candy apple red memory card and I, I remember it sitting over there and it's like sleek, Slimness was it dripping? It was so much slimmer than the last one, and it had that nice memory card there, just waiting. And and yeah, I was playing that that candy red dripping. Yeah, I would. I got on that <laughs> Ghost Recon and went to town, son. <laughs> Filled up them fifteen blocks. Um, so yeah, you know, I feel like that's the next step. Like like you know, we're we're coming into the CDs, like like that went into that PlayStation. I I never interacted much with the Neo Geo. Um, I think the Sega Saturn had that. Um, it had a, a CD. Had a cartridge. It, it had a cartridge, and then you had that addition um, that that could do the CD ROMs. Um. You know, I never had a Sega Saturn. Let me pull one up real quick, because I don't want to. Let me activate a little cheat code once, here on the it, interwebs. It may have to be once the Genesis comes out that that it had that uh, it had the. Well, the Saturn came after the Genesis. Okay. Oh, I just remembered the name of my little uh, handheld Sega thing. It was called the Game Gear. Oh yeah. The Sega Game yeah, Gear, that dude. Was a nice oh, that one. thing was so much fun, dude. I had it. Oh, dude. That thing. When we used to do our our trips to Mexico driving, oh, yeah. dude, that thing would. Keep yeah, me sane, bro. <laughs> Fuck, bro. You don't even understand, man. I mean, if anyone knows what "Are we there yet?" means, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'd say it's um, an easy ride down uh, the potential, and now compared to then, too. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> like, um, I'd say that was an adventure on a okay. lot of levels. <laughs> <laughs> Let me read this bad boy real quick. The Sega Saturn, I'm reading from Wiki here. The Sega Saturn is a home video game console developed by Sega and released on November 22nd, 1994 in Japan, May 11, 1995 in North America, and uh, okay, blah, 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 blah. part of the fifth generation of video game consoles. It was the successor to the, su successor to the successful Sega Genesis. Okay. The Saturn has a dual CPU architecture and eight processors. Its games are CD-ROM format, and its game library contains several ports of arcade games as well as original games. Um, Sega added another video display. Pro no. 
I'm looking for anything on the save. But look, what I what I I'm pretty darn sure because I saw the in the research is that it has a cartridge that you can save your progress on. Okay. Um, My memory's not super clear of that. I, I'm almost feeling like now that that it was like toward the end of the the evolution of the Genesis that it had a CD-ROM edition thing that came with this game called Sewer Shark that I, that I distinctly remember. Remember, and then you know maybe oh. the Saturn was exclusively um, CD-ROM for the game, and and maybe it had this cartridge memory uh, that I that I don't necessarily remember. Okay. But uh, okay. If I was going to try to nail it down, that that's how I would I would uh, you know try to try to remember it. But uh, I remember a lot of Sonic going on, and um, there was this game called Desert Strike. It was like sort of a summation of the the first Gulf War that I was obsessed with. Dude, I time. love that game. Oh my god, dude! I love that. I know exactly. Was it a top down game? And and you would go pick up the. You had a helicopter, like probably like a Blackhawk, yeah. and you would pick up those little like survivors up a little ladder. So, yeah, 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 dude, I love oh that game god. so much, dude. dude. That was on Sega, yes. wasn't it? I was in college when that was going on, dude, and I would frequently I game, not man. go to class just to play that game and you know do my dude, thing. I, yeah, you'd you'd come in off the ocean. <laughs> I remember you just come in off the ocean, dude, and like your little helicopter would go in, and, and there'd be like, ah, God, I don't remember exactly. I'm having like flashbacks, but yeah, I remember you could like, you know, blow up buildings and stuff, and then you'd have to save the hot like the survivors and whatnot. The scientists. Ah, what a fun game, it, man. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it, I wonder what they're doing in that desert there. <laughs> Working on them Scud missile launchers or something like it. It, it was a super fun game and it, it hit some kind of sweet spot where, you know, that overhead view was just detailed enough that, that it really seemed like a complex sort of interaction. I, I, I can't Dude, really articulate was, that, but it, it was, it was fun. And, uh, cutting edge for the yeah. time and in terms of just gameplay fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, and there were much more. There were much more um, graphically advanced games at the time. But man, that game was fun. Yeah, really fun game. What other? Do you remember any other Sega games that you? That one wasn't Killer Instinct on there. I remember Super Nintendo had Killer Instinct. Oh, Sega had Mortal Kombat. It did have Mortal Kombat. I, I obviously remember. Wait, the, didn't it? The or was Sonic that PlayStation? I feel like Battletoads made it over there at some point, um, and I, it wouldn't be near impossible that I didn't track that down. I, I, I do remember playing Battletoads on a number of things, but uh, I don't necessarily tie it to that Sega. But honestly, dude, I'm remembering my college dorm, you know, kind of situation, like where I built these bunk beds, and up underneath there, I'm sitting there playing Desert Strike on a futon, like, you know, just... Oh, what fun. Yeah. Yeah, man, the Sega, the, the Genesis had all of the good ones, man. It had, you know, all the Sonics. It had Mortal Kombat, Streets of Rage, NBA Jam, uh, Street Fighter. NBA Jam was a good one. Jurassic Park, Mrs. Pac-Man, had NFL 98, all, you know, lots of NFL games. Uh, Sonic Spinball was not that, n- no bueno. Uh, X-Men, Mighty, oh my God, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, <laughs> dude. Jeez. I, I miss the Power Rangers somehow. But I'm pretty sure I'm a maybe a pink Power Ranger guy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Hey, no, you I'm know. Joking. Um. Um. 
Yeah, but oddly enough, like like you know, as it relates to our topic, I don't remember the game save a lot. I, I feel like there had to be some game saving going on in that Desert Strike, um, but I don't remember how how the mechanic worked there. Um, well, during the cartridge uh, era of game saves, it it seemed to me. Let me go back here. It depend on the game. It depend on how the developers made the game, but. I think it was a, a save state type of thing where you had to, you had to save, you had to manually go in and save your progress. Now, depending on the game, you may have been able to do that at any point in the game. Uh, free save, we'll call it. Let's call it a free save, where anywhere in the game you can just hit start and save. Um, you know, you get a new, uh, unlock a new achievement, save. Get to a new level, save. Acquire a new skin save or there may have been designated save points mm-hmm. which is you know also this is where we tie back to like how the developers wanted the game to feel mm-hmm. you know not all games would necessarily work well if they could just save at any point at any time yeah. and then there'll be other games that don't work well when it's kind of like a designated point save like i think there was a grand theft auto game I mean, there's plenty of examples for each one of these cases, but I remember the Grand Theft Auto game. I don't remember which one, but I think you had to like, you had to go to a garage, mm-hmm. or you had to go to your like car your car had to be, to be in able your to garage save. to be saved, as best as I, I recall. Exactly. Yeah. See, so that those in that case, those are designated. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other there's other examples out there. So during this memory card or memory cartridge, however you want to look at it, phase of game saves, I think those were kind of like the main um, the main uh, examples that we were seeing out like there. Like a checkpoint, waypoint sort of situation or a specialized sure. um, you know, type, type of situation. Sure, but yeah. But, you know, I think the checkpoints really are, like you described a little bit earlier, like the checkpoints are for while you're in that particular game session. Mm-hmm. So that you don't have to go away, like if, if you, uh, let's say you're playing a level of, um, I don't know, Mario 64 or something, Super Mario 64, which was great, or Star Fox 64, who knows. Uh, yeah, let's, say you, let's use Star Fox as an example. You're, you're, sh- you're flying through space, uh, you're taking out the bad guys with your, you know, uh, what was the name of the frog? Flippy <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Uh, you know, you're just, you're taking out all the bad guys and you get to a certain point and you don't even realize it, but the game just saved your progress when you got past that checkpoint. Mm-hmm. There's a certain point in the, in, the, in the point, it's a checkpoint, you get past it, the game automatically saves so that if you die a little bit later, it'll start you off from that checkpoint, not at the very beginning of the mm-hmm. level. But I still think, like, for the most part, during this memory card phase, it was kind of like you either saved whenever you wanted to, free save, or at designated points. I think that was kind of like the two mainstays for this uh, time well, frame. And I think even the Nintendo 64 had a memory pack thing that you'd stick into the bottom of the controller. Yeah, well, maybe there where Remember the rumble that? pack went. But uh, where, where I thought you were going to go with that is that I, I feel like in the Mario situa- uh, analogy there, you have a certain number of lives. And... You know, once you cross that checkpoint, as long as you still have those lives, you start from that checkpoint. But once you're ultimately out of lives, you you do have to 
start over if you play you continue to play um well, which mario i, I think I'm, I'm pretty much just saying in a mario at, at some point i do remember that sort of being the, the way it worked um well in the old ones you know and 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 super mario you know super mario 2 super mario 3 on the nintendo and super nintendo yeah i think that's how it worked exactly mm-hmm. but uh but I think remember on Super Mario Three at that point there was like a proper map where you could like you would unlock levels and like you'd start at the top of the map and like the little Mario character would be like sitting there and you just click A and it'd go in and you'd do that level and if you beat it you'd see your little Mario guy go beep, 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 down. You need to get the road would remember open that? up. Uh, the road would yeah. open up, yeah. And so so that was kind of like a form of saving as well. I agree. And, 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 you know, and you'd turn the, you'd turn off the game and you'd still be there the next set, like the next time you turn it on. And that, that kind of memory would save in the cartridge because of that battery you were talking about. Yeah. You would at least start at four, four, one, you, you know, like, like the first level of four of level four, but, uh, you yeah. know, as you yeah. were playing earlier, like, and, you know, you might've crossed a checkpoint at level four or two or something. And, and, um, you know, maybe have got to start and over uh, as long as you still had lives uh, mm-hmm. up until that point, so, which I feel like is a little different. Um, you know, again, sort of changes the way you you approach the game to some degree. It's almost like once you've passed that checkpoint, yeah, you've got some relief, but once those lives start running out, uh, the consequences are up again. So, uh, yeah, consequences are back up because yeah. if you fail. Depending on the the game, if we're using the Mario example, you'd probably have to go back to the very beginning of the fourth, yeah. uh, you know, level or, or stage or whatever it was. Yeah, I, um, I like how you mentioned, like, like sort of, we're starting to see that the gamers, like the developers, are are are, you know, taking this into consideration and in how your experience is going to be. Um, Dude, on on Donkey Kong, they charge you banana coins. <laughs> fuckers like they charge dude and they charge in japan they charged one coin less what's up with that shit that's not fair pick up my banana phone and and get to the bottom of this (laughs) get to the bottom of these shenanigans (laughs) so yeah i mean that just that just exactly like you're saying like developers got creative with with game saves and and I feel like they had to because because um, we're creative, man. Gamers are creative. We'll find ways to use things for good, for bad, for ugly, like uh, to take advantage, exploit the game, or to save scum, or to Just, save yeah. cum, or whatever it's called. <laughs> Just or get the most out. <laughs> I, 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 kind of where I'm yeah. going with this is, is I think there are some other examples where they sort of, you know, maybe use the lack of a, a save it to sort of, you know, maybe even have a hardcore mode that you can go into. Uh, Ooh, like a permadeath? Yeah, a permadeath sort of situation. Or um, I even heard of a game that had a fake out save point that if you... You know, I, I pictured it was sort of like an Elden Ring type situation, you know, where you're going through these these side quests and then ultimately fighting these larger bosses. But somehow I read about a game where you go for this save point and once you trigger it, it, it sets some things in motion that, that you don't want. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit. And, you know, I, I do remember other... Um, 
I, for some reason, I'm thinking of Max Payne. I remember this part of Max Payne, like where you would be drunk, essentially, like maybe after taking a beating, and and like it literally making me dizzy to play while that was going on, and and I, I don't remember how that related to to being killed and and all of that, but that that's definitely coming to my memory, and you know I do feel like there's examples of how you know just like you said that developers have gotten creative with this, and either the well, how does the how does the Max Payne drunk thing relate to game saving? Oh no, I, I don't. Do that's just it. that's that's about... how crazy I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> yeah, welcome to the mind of Chuck D. <laughs> yeah, this is what happens when we record at this I hour. Did, yeah, man. <laughs> I had, a, I had a, a shot or two there during the game. <laughs> like, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. So maybe, uh, hey, yeah, and your your yeah, team won. The, it's the, fair the, uh, the tie-ins are, are a little loose here, but uh, but yeah, that that that's what pops up in my memory. And like, a, a, and I, I'm just sort of thinking of uh, yeah, like how using a hardcore mode or or permadeath type situation. I even heard of a game where you you get the game. You get one life, and then the game uh, like self destructs. Like, <laughs> speaking of dude, there's uh, Hideo Kojima with his Metal Gear Solid games on Metal on Metal Gear Solid Two. Uh, I think his name is Psychomantis or something like that. One of the bosses, the one of the people that you have to fight, he, like. The AI in that game will go into your like PlayStation, read your memory cards, and tell you what other Konami games you've been playing. Oh. <laughs> it's dude, it's so trippy, man. The first time, if you've never played Metal Gear Solid Two, play it. Yeah. And if you can play it on one of the original, uh, I think it's on the PlayStation Two. Play it on there. It's um, it's one hell of a game. Uh, and th- yeah, there's some crazy like meta stuff going on in that game that really like it freaks you out man have you played Metal Gear Solid 2? no I don't think so it's a it's a trip it's a awesome awesome installment of the probably one of my most favorite Metal Gear Solid games and there's some cool save game save stuff in there towards the end huh. um, you know something we haven't really mentioned yet that I've I've certainly been a victim of I'm sure you have as well I'm sure the listeners have as well is something that they call soft lock, where you're playing a game, and whether intentionally or unintentionally, and this is where developers have to be careful, you can have a game save occur in a way that inhabilitates you to move forward or to progress in the game due to not having a certain item that you needed, or you know, basically what happens is is you get to a point in the game where you need to advance, but you save or it gets saved and you haven't concluded a task or you haven't achieved something or you haven't collected a particular item that will allow you to progress or allow you to defeat a particular boss or allow you to uh, proceed in whatever way, shape or form. And that's, it's called soft locking. And this has happened to me a number of times in some games where I basically, I'm just like, well, fuck. (laughs) I'll just restart the game. What else can I do? You know, and you'll literally have to start from square one, man. Or you'll have to go back to the beginning of a level or usually it entails uh, relative to significant loss of progress in a game when you get soft locked. Sucks, man. And it happens in those older games. I I can't think of a specific example, but I'm definitely feeling it. Like like I, I, I feel like, 
I feel like that happens in arc, honestly, at this point, uh, like to, to some degree, like, like just, you know, maybe things that you didn't foresee that you might want to do later. But I, I, I can totally relate of how like. No, no. Arc isn't a, arc isn't I, a good this example. This is all of about I mean, arc. Okay. <laughs> 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 no, 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 I'm with you 100%. How much memory was that game taking up again on your computer? 410. 415 gigabytes? And that's also about the part of my mind that Jeez, it's also taking man. up at any one time. So, um, but, but yeah. You need to walk away from ARC for a little bit, man. You need to go to AA. <laughs> Arcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. You need to go get your coin, man. Get your first set of days in or whatever. <laughs> no, you know. Oh, dear Lord. Um, I even forgot what we, what, what were we talking about before. <laughs> I'm trying to say that there's this there's this uh, thing that happens oh, okay. when, you, when a game saves or when you save a game at the wrong time, wrong point, and you unintentionally kind of just lock yourself out of progressing any further. I, I, I could see a situation like maybe in Red Dead or, or something like a, you haven't done a side quest and, you know, in order to move forward and, and especially in the, the, the way that the game was designed. Yeah, you... It's open world enough that, that I think you could probably compensate for that somehow. And, and yeah, you, you know, is, but, but in a more something... linear game or, or something where it's really hard to go back, like, like I could see you're jammed exactly. up for real. Like you, you're going to have to start over. Like you said. Exactly. I, not so much in, in th- I don't see this as a phenomenon so much in the newer, more recent games, but certainly back in the um, Nintendo 64, PlayStation, those days, there's a bunch of games out there where you could easily soft lock yourself into a real pickle. Yeah. yeah and, and ultimately, <laughs> it's a bit of a design flaw. I, I, I put that on there. You know, I shouldn't be able to do that to myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, there should be a I NPC that steps forward and says, block. "Hey, you need to get old man Winter out of the, you know, the well." <laughs> oh, looks like you need this collectible. Look what I have! Right Just comes out of the fog of the game somewhere. What the hell? These rubies. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's they can get creative there, but, uh, but yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, I think it's important to point out that there, that you know, as we we answer these questions of how did it affect the design of the games, that that you know, it could go a lot of ways. It became a tool for creativity, and and also, um, you know, I, I, I think earlier you used a term of of uh, something about quitting, like 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 the 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 what keeps it the quit, quit rates. rates, yeah, yeah. It probably the lowered quit yeah. rates, yeah. Because I feel like that's that's a little different for everyone. Like like I, I I'm thinking of an example. Like I'm hiking on a trail and I leave my gloves at a shelter or something, and you know I've gone a mile or two, and I discovered I might walk back and get those gloves. But after a while, like you know if it's been far enough, I'm not going back and getting them gloves. And I think in a video game, like once I've put a certain amount of time in and and it was frustrating enough, like I'm at least going to put it down for a while, and it, yeah, you know and come back yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah. So save your game come so, back. So yeah, to that it. quit raid, I think or, or quit decision point is a little different for everyone. There might be someone out there that, you know, regardless of how far, they'd go back and get those gloves or they'd go through that those levels again, but eh, I, I'm not that guy sometimes. I think the quit rates must uh, must drop and it also probably dropped the rate of controllers getting thrown at walls. Yeah. 
you know, just being able to save. Because <laughs> yeah. they're like, you know, if you can save your game and then you lose to a boss fight <laughs> that you were really like pumped for and you're really like, oh, I'm so close, you know, and, and maybe like if you couldn't save your game, those are the kind of scenarios where some people will just get so angry that they'll end up like punching a screen or throwing yeah. a controller at the wall or something like that. Crying in front and of maybe- your face. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, getting that quiver lift. <laughs> yeah, puckering up a little bit. Um, yeah, man. You know, just being able to save brings just a little sliver of peace to your mind that might stop you from from breaking into tears or throwing something at the wall or breaking something. Who knows? You know. I mean, I was never one of those humans. Uh, yeah. That got to you know that's uh, that kind that kind of angry, but uh, you know. <clears throat> yeah. What came after memory cards, Chuck? I think at that point we're kind of into to hard drives, like internal hard drives that were, you know, either part of the PC, um, modern yeah, day, or, or you know, an, an internal hard drive on on the the PlayStation. I wonder which PlayStation would have been the first to have an internal hard drive. Um, I'm gonna say three. Um, oh gosh, it I could be say two. two. It could be two. But let's see. You know, I. Let's I do feel like quick. they've grown over the years and, and their their abilities, but but yeah, I, I think you know there probably was a time period there where you had both memory card and you know maybe some hard drive capability, um, but yeah, eventually we saw this point where we're not even putting a CD. We we don't have a cartridge or anything like that anymore. We're downloading that stuff over the the interwebs there. Yeah, and, the, um, the cloud. Yeah, it's, the Xbox was the first console with a uh hdd hard drive now let's see can remember the first playstation i bet she's a playstation 2 what no way was it three it says ps4 no okay no it's playstation 2 okay yeah it's playstation 2 okay so that's I, that's pretty much where we are now these days uh, in modern consoles and PCs, which use disk-based media for storing games. Save games are stored in other ways, such as SD cards and internal hard drives on the game machine itself. Yeah. So what does that mean, Chuck? It's game on, brother. We've got it saved, and uh, you know I can go right back into Arc there. Like I've got some stuff that's living right now in need of attention. What kind of uh, what kind of save? How, how do games save these days with uh, with H with hard drives and solid state drives? Yeah, you know, I feel like there, there's a variety of things that still go on today, including some of the first technology that we saw. Like, like I think you could still run into a password out there. Uh, a lot of games have an auto save feature where it's kind of going down in the background all the time. Um, I love autosave. Checkpoints. I I think it's interesting that we point out sort of the dynamic that goes on in in No Man's Sky. Like we actually had to buy a save point sort of device and and save the game with it. Remember that? Well, yeah, it was an option. It was an option. But at the same time, No Man's Sky, which is an amazing game, it has a a quick saving maybe slash autosave type of feature as well. I mean, anytime you get out of your spaceship... The game saves. Good point. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you see a variety of things going on in in, in the games today, and, and if it is stored data, it's going to be on the hard drive. Um, you know, I, I saw something save states. Uh, 
I guess I kind of understand that, like, like how we talked about before, like the data that, that's ultimately being stored of, of your inventory and, and where you were at in the game and the NPCs that you had, uh, you'd interacted with and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of how that goes down. It sounds like a lot of, um, if then sort of statements, you know, if, if you have completed such quests, exactly. uh, you know, and if quest is greater than one, then these conditions, um, you know, now exist. And, and Correct. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It, it, I, I, as I sat through this, I, I, I thought, you know, wow, there's just really a lot of ways that this goes down. And, and you know, each developer sort of, um, you know, like fine tuned it and dialed it in to, to fit their, their desired experience. And uh, I don't know that I really go into a game thinking like, you know, I'm only going to play this if I'm allowed to save, you know, this certain way or, or, or something. But I sort of expect it to be in there to, to for that, you know, not to push me on that quit rate, you know, situation too, too. Yeah. I don't want it to be too <laughs> yeah. easy. What's your quit rate? Yeah. But, you know, you, you, you jack oh. me around enough. Like, like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give up on you. There's, there's other things I could do, um, you know, in games that'll hold my attention, but, uh, yeah. You yeah. know, I, I think, yeah, again, I, I'd love for us to sort of revisit these questions of, of, you know, how it sort of changes the way we play the game and, and how they're made. And, um, you know, I think one sort of as we're getting to the end of here and, and asking, you know, about those questions is to mention that, that this has become a place for hackers to enter the, the picture. That you know, once you had things being stored to an external device that were that were sort of a set of instructions for the game, it was a it was a weak point because ultimately they couldn't get into the console. Like you weren't playing online, especially a lot of these first games. Uh, you know, until that you know that became more prevalent. Uh, really, that that memory card was a, a weak spot in the the security chain. Ah, uh, yeah, I see what you yeah. mean. You open one up, mess with it a little bit. Put some tidbits in there and then stick it into the console. Yeah. See what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it allowed, uh, you know, kind of for that door to open, which I think probably ultimately affected, uh, you know, things and, and, you know, the exploits that we talked about that how we're going to kind of, you know, we're going to see that if I go back to, you know, that shed where I, I got that money from, like, you know, after I saved it, is it, is it, is it really gone or, or could I get that again? And, you know, I've, I've, I think I saw an example the other day in Red Dead, an exploit such as that, where there was this gold bar you could go back and get over and over. Oh yeah. I saw, I remember that. Yeah. I can see that. Maybe not like, I mean, anything from just hackers to gamers that want to take advantage and exploit loopholes or, or, or weak, weak spots or weak points in the game via the saving mechanism yeah and you know i, I don't know if it, it does that count as safe saves coming or, or <laughs> no <laughs> but i can see where uh i can see oh gosh i lost my uh i lost what i was gonna say ah forget it forget it keep going sorry well just ultimately like folks are going to exploit the in any way they can. And yeah, I was kind of joking when I said, is, is that safe scummy or whatever? But, uh, I, I think folks are going to use it to, to their advantage. And obviously game developers are going to, going to sort of, uh, get creative with it and, and, you know, maybe offer some, some options for the experience. Like after you've beaten the game, like, like try it on hardcore mode and, and, you know, maybe 
Yeah, with no saves. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those and those there's games that definitely offer that, of course. Yeah. But no, safe scumming is uh I think we mentioned it a little bit up at the top, but safe scumming basically where you're just exploiting the the save system to be able to better your chances of having a favorable outcome in any cer- any certain scenario within the game. So for example, um if you're trying to get a perfect score, let's say, or if you're trying to get a perfect run and you keep dying at this particular spot, you can just save right before that spot and then continuously load into there and retry and retry and retry until you get that perfect run. And then, you know, as far as the, the game's concerned, as far as the memory or console's concerned, you have a perfect run. You never died to that boss those 27 times or whatever the case may be. So you can really just... You know, even ga- even when games have like uh, a little bit of randomization or percentage-based reactions, like uh, you can still like save the game. And even if like you need this particular thing to occur, but it only happens five percent of the time, you just keep reloading the game until that time comes, and thereby, you know, you're taking advantage. You're exploiting at that point. So that's kind of what my understanding of safe scumming is and I'm guilty of it I've done it before yeah. just just wanted to get that perfect run. I feel like I've, I've I've saw a version of it in FIFA just recently where if it becomes like readily apparent that that someone is going to lose a match they'll quit and and avoid the the loss stat that that they might get and and I think there's different like I I have like notice that that you'll get a message that says something like, like especially if you join a game in progress that that it'll say you know that the lost stat has 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 been prevented or, or or something like that and and I I definitely saw where people quit to avoid the stat because it's going to affect the way that their uh, character development that they're working on it's going to affect his stats and uh, I think that's just scummy <laughs> yeah it sucks I mean it. Nothing to do with saving. It's, it's just dirty. scumming. But I also saw an example of like, say you're playing blackjack and, and you, you, you ultimately just keep quitting and, and, and building up money where, where, um, you're, you're sort of, you know, you know, you go on this indefinite winning streak of sorts and, and, you know, I, I, I hopefully the, any game that that's playing with real money is going to have something that prevents that. But I, I, I could see, uh, you know, just for fun, how, how that could be an exploit that might get left open. Um, but but totally. yeah, hopefully there's no saves coming, going on in any large degree in the games I'm playing. What's your favorite kind of saving? I like the auto save feature, I think, but, but something I, I, I feel like is going to be a little bit of a curveball to bring up to you that, that we haven't talked about is, you know, you get that message that says like save in progress, do not turn off the console. And what I want to know is what happens if the power goes out when that's happening or, you know, just God forbid you, you do turn off the console. Test it. <laughs> I feel like in the background you hear a siren go off. Like, <laughs> Test it. I don't want to know, dude. Just I like, feel like it, uh, it shuts the whole show down. It says not to. Test it. I'm not. <laughs> 
<laughs> it clearly says. Well, then you can don't. YouTube it. <laughs> I'm sure that someone's made a video about something like that. You never. There's videos about everything out there these days. It's like it'll be like auto save in progress. Do not turn off the console. <laughs> and that's what we're gonna name this episode. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what do you say, Chuck? I think we should wrap it up. It's getting late. Oh, I'm with you. You got any final final comments for our amazing, awesome listeners? So we'll say raise hell and praise Dale and go That's Tennessee. Right. <laughs> <laughs> go Tennessee. Uh, yeah, dude. Really happy for your team there. I'm glad you guys got a yeah. win. It sounded like a been a long time. So yeah, it's been good I day. do have uh, I do have some final advice for the listeners out there. Don't forget to save your game That's right. before shutting her down. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You want to keep that progress rolling and uh, move forward with the high morale. That's right, baby. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of New Wave Gaming Podcast. This has been episode number 13 on Game Saves. Chuck and I love you very much, and we'll see you in the next one. Chuck, have a great Saturday night, Me man. Me too. Love you, brother.